Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We're in week three of our series, and it's been incredible. It's been incredible what God's been doing. It's been incredible seeing more people come up for prayer, more people go to our prayer team. It's been amazing hearing and seeing the miracles that we see on the back of Connect Cards. You can go write a prayer request. And here's the thing. I believe that as we begin to study miracles in the Bible, every miracle we study in the Bible, there's over 34 recorded in the Gospels. We're studying seven in the book of John. Every miracle that we are, that we are reading is a sign that God wants to do something today. That what God did then, God wants to do now in your life. Raise your hand if you believe God does miracles still in this day and age. I believe God does miracles. I believe he sets people free, heals our bodies, heals our mind, heals our spirits in the name of Jesus. And so I'm just excited. We have an anticipation. What kind of church are you? We're a Christian non-denominational church that believes in the gospel. We believe what the Bible says, that we don't seek miracles. We follow Jesus. We don't seek miracles. I don't wake up every morning and go, God, I want miracles. I wake up every morning and say, God, I want to know you more. Because the more you begin to know God, the more you begin to find yourself in the middle of miracles. And so that's what it's all about. I don't know if you're uh, older, uh, maybe if you're a baby boomer or maybe my age or older, but there's an old song that says, you are great. You do miracles so great. And I love that. It's been in my spirit over and over again. I put on Spotify. My wife was like, what's that stuff? What is that? That, that ain't hell song. I'm like, calm down, babe. But I believe God does miracles. He does them so great because there's no one else like God. And so let's jump on, let's jump right in. If you got your Bibles, get them out. And uh, my team, they're going to give me an appropriate number, but we had to order uh, three more boxes of Bibles. We have never given this, this many Bibles away at Avenue Church for free. And so I love what God is doing. So make sure you pick up your own Bibles. It's those lit, uh, lit box on the sides. And I said lit because that's a little light, nothing else, okay? And so make sure you get a free Bible on your way out. If you got that, then I'm sorry, it's the flannel. I apologize. So turn to John chapter 5. You can also get on your phones. You can get version app. You can Facebook this thing. You don't have to Facebook down here. You can Facebook right here. Check in at Avenue. Use that for notes. But if you're doing this, I know what you're doing, all right? If I see the thumb, I know you're scrolling. All right? And God's going to pray for you, okay? And so John chapter 5, I got my light on like an old person, right? Come on, somebody. All right. And so John chapter 5, verse 1 through 15. If you're new here, this is as good as it gets. I'm so sorry. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 15. Glory. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem to one of the Jewish festivals. I love Jesus. He loved the party, all right? Then in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, there was a pool. And in Aramaic, it was called Bethesda, Bethesda, or bath, all right? So some of you got all kinds of names for it, Bethesda, which is surrounded by the five covered colonnades. And it says this in the next verse. When Jesus, when here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. I love this. Everybody who had an issue was there. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. But one who had been there, he was invalid for 38 years. Invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he had learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. So Jesus gathers information. Here's about how long this guy's been laying there. And he asked to him, do you want to get well? 
I love this. Now, if you back up, if you're reading this for the very first time, I mean, there's a, there's a man who's invalid for 38 years. He can't move, can't walk. He's laying there. He's stuck there. Jesus walks up and goes, you've been there a long time, huh? Do you want to get well? I'll be like, of course I want to get well. Yes. But here's his answer. He says this. I love this. The invalid man says, sir, I have no one to help me. I think a yes would have been nice, right? But he says, sir. I have no one to help me to get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. So he's saying, I, I, yeah, but there's no one to help me. It's just, uh, uh, uh. And Jesus says, get up, take your mat, and walk. And the Bible says, at once, right away, immediately he was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen right there? Right? Wow. Amazing. But here's what takes place. On that day it took place, it was a Sabbath. It was a Sabbath day. So many at once around him, the Jewish leader said to the man who'd been healed, hey, 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 no, no. It's the Sabbath. You've been healed. It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. You are unable to be healed. And I love this because Jesus will blow your mind because if miracles can be explained, they will not be miraculous. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for an explanation. How, oh, you can't do that. That's against the rules. How many know when it comes to miracles, there's no rules in Jesus' name? God's going to mess you up your theology because he's God. And so then he says this, he replied, the man who may be well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. And they said, who was it? Where is he? Who is this guy? He, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? And the man who was healed had no idea who it was. I love that. He didn't know God. He didn't know freedom. He didn't know his purpose. He wasn't making a difference. But God came by and said, I choose to heal him. You know what that is? That's God's grace. That's God's mercy over your life. Now, there's so many people sitting in this room today saying, I don't deserve it. God said, of course you don't. That's why I'm going to heal you. That's grace over your life. If I'm preaching good today, I'll settle down. I'll get crazy. It'll be fun. But I love this. They had no idea, but Jesus slipped away from the crowd. Anytime there's a miracle, it always points people to Jesus. He gets all the praise and all the glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray, allow it to come alive in Jesus' name. God, I don't want information. I want revelation that is going to change my life in Jesus' name. Everybody shout it. Amen. Now, there's a lot of great people in this church. You guys are physically fit. You look amazing. You look wonderful. And, uh, but... You know, uh, when I married my wife about 12 years ago, uh, I was 260 pounds. And so a lot of times uh, people in our church, they'll face you know, Instagram, maybe a, a photo, and you're like, your before photo, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm, gonna, I'm going on, a, on a, uh, a, a physical journey of getting healthy and six-packs and abs and you know, all those things. And so I, want, I just want to encourage you, your before picture is my after picture, all right? Like... Like when you put a before picture, and then your before picture is my after picture. When you put it up, I go, good job. And you're like, I didn't do anything yet. Oh, that's not good. I'm really out of shape. It's not good for me. And so uh, 12, uh, 12, 13 years ago, I was 260 pounds. And uh, when I married my wife, I wanted to make sure she married me, not for my body, but for my mind. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. But one night she came home, and somebody in her life gave her a stack of DVDs. 
I don't know if you've heard of this. It's kind of old, but it's called Hip Hop Abs by Sean T. All right? Hip Hop Abs by Sean T. And I said, babe, you do you, okay? You got this. You hip hop it all night long. All right? You're fine. I ain't doing that, okay? And so one night, she would do it a couple times. And then one night, she went out with her friends. I was home alone. So I saw those DVDs, those hip hop abs. I picked it up. And uh, at this time, I didn't have a small group, okay? I didn't have anybody to call, okay? I was, I was doing life alone. I didn't have any accountability. And so I put in those, that hip-hop app DVD, and, and I got ready, and but kind of watched him a little bit. And he was like, you want me? And I was like, I want you, you know, like, he goes, you want my abs? Like, I want those abs, you know? And, and so I began to do the workouts a little bit, get into it a little bit. I kid you not, my, wa- my wife walked in, and I was like, I want you! I want you! <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Push-ups, you know what I mean? Like, do nothing, babe. So after that, I said, let's get something cooler. And so we got P90X. Someone gave it to us, uh, bootlegged it, but that's fine. And so we looked at uh, P90X all those years ago. And uh, we, put, we looked at all the DVDs. And I said, babe, oh, man, this guy is like, like 90 minutes of working out? I don't do nothing for 90 minutes. And so she said, 90 minutes of working out. Look at all the DVDs. And I said, babe, let's do yoga. Let's do yoga. Now, if you're a man in here, don't judge me. Knock it off. Back up. I'm, I'm Christian. I love Jesus, okay? It's the devil. Calm down. Yoga. But I picked yoga because I thought it was the easiest, right? I could lay on a mat. I could do this for 90 minutes, right? Like, watch, watch, watch. I'm doing yoga. Whoa! I feel the calories leaving my body. I'm doing yoga, right? What's this? Warrior, right? Whatever it is. Other warrior, Right? Praise hallelujah, warrior. I don't know. I'm doing yoga. Woo! Also, I'm going to encourage you, too. When you're doing yoga and you're on a mat, be, be behind your wife. Because we became workout partners, accountability. And so she was over there. We had a small house, right? She was over there. I'd be here, and I'd be doing this move, right? And here's the thing about yoga. If you stay, they make you stay in the same demonic position for like an hour. Right? I could do this. And then 35 minutes later, like, Shanti, listen, we're done with this. This is over. And so I stay here for an hour. But what happens is if you're behind your workout partner, they can't see what you're doing. Come on, somebody. Right? So I was like this. Come on, babe. Yes, 32, 33, 34. Right? And then right at right, five, four. Woo! Woo! Right? Get water, sprinkle water on you. Woo! But here's the thing. I wasn't getting healthier. I wasn't getting yoga-y. I wasn't getting physically fit because I wasn't doing the workout. Because the pain that, that I experienced in working out became so great that I thought, you know what? This mat's not very comfortable. But in a painful environment, this becomes very comfortable. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to lay here. Then instead of making me better, this has become my comfort zone. This has become something that I'm just going to lay low. And that's exactly what we see in the Bible in John chapter 5. Jesus arrives to the scenes, and there's a pool called Bethesda. And in that pool, they have five levels. And he's laying there on this mat going, I got nobody to move me. It's your fault. I'm stuck. I'm just here. 
But the reason why he waited for the waters to stir, because there is a superstition that if you, get all, if you can go all the way down to five different levels, you got down to the water that was stirring, the very first person, one and only one, once a year, got in that water, they'd be healed. There was no recorded miracle that had ever took place. But the reason why the waters were stirred once a year, because once a year there was a season that took place. And in that season, an influx of water would come in and move the waters around. They said, oh, that's how you do it. You know what's funny is we'll do anything. We'll move heaven and earth if we think something works. Oh, don't get me started this morning. We'll say, you know what, Pastor? God's great, but I have a better way. I'm encouraging you today. It's funny that people will do anything that they think that works. We have far too many false assumptions about what is possible and what is not possible. God, you're not possible, but if I get down there, that's possible. I'm here to encourage you. Jesus says in Matthew, he says that with men, this is impossible. Help me preach this this morning. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says it again. How many know when the Bible repeats something, it's incredibly important. In Luke chapter uh, 1, it says, For with God, nothing will be impossible to those who are in Christ Jesus. How many believe that today? Not believing for miracles at Avenue Church. But the reason why we don't experience miracles is because we allow our logic to trump our beliefs. Pastor, it doesn't make sense. Pastor, that's, no, it doesn't work that way. Pastor, no, I, I, that's, that's just where I belong. I want to encourage you today. There's a theologian named Henry Ford. He built a truck. He says, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. If you think God cannot do miracles, you're correct. But if you think he can, if you think he can, you're right. You know, many of us today, we're going to be praying for things. We're going to say, what, you know, God might not do it this week. God might not answer my prayer. But I want to challenge you today, but what if he does? Man, but what if he does? Because all things are possible to Christ Jesus. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you think you could be made well? So do me a favor. I want you to turn your neighbor, and I want you to tell them the title of my message, right? Turn your neighbor and say, do you want to be made well. I got it right up there. Do you want to get well? Now, turn to your other neighbor, all right, the, the second choice, all right, and say, do you really want to get well? Hey, hold up. Here's what I like about the, uh, the second neighbor. The first neighbor, you're like, glory to God, praise Jesus, I love you. Second neighbor, you're like, what's wrong with you? I'm going to ask you today, do you really want to get well? You see, only just a few years ago, we started our church two, two and a half years ago. And how many know the best is yet to come? But before we started this church, I got diagnosed with a herniated esophagus. And so because of that, I had to take medicine. I got an endoscopy. I had to have procedures and all kinds of things. I had an ultrasound. I was like, is it a boy or a girl? She didn't laugh. I don't know why. We created ulcers inside of me. Acid reflux. It was so severe in my life that I had chest pains. Chest pains that wouldn't go away, which created anxiety, think I was dying or having a heart attack. And finally, one day I realized, man, I'm taking a lot of medicine every day. I'm taking more than what the bottle says because that's what the doctor says. And I think there's wisdom in that. Hear me out for just a minute. But you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to start praying about it. 
Because the Bible says that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. The Bible says that God can do the impossible. So I begin to pray about it. And as I begin to pray about it, I begin to feel better about it. Because I really thought I could be made well. And so then little by little, I take a little bit less medicine. Now I'm not talking, this ain't heart medicine. This ain't like, you know, all those things. This was just acid reflux pills. So day by day, I take a little bit less. I take a little bit less. Day by day, I said, you know what? That medicine became my comfort instead of my belief. I said, you know what, God? I believe you do miracles so great. I believe you can heal me. And I'm here to tell you, by God's praise and God's glory, I haven't had medicine in over three years. Why? Because I believe God's healed me. He's restored my body. I believe God's going to do it again in your life. But listen to me. Faith doesn't ignore doctors. I think medicine could be a tool and a resource. Faith doesn't ignore doctors, but it does seek a second opinion from the great physician. I believe God can do it. I believe he can do miracles. But here's what I love. The average life expectancy during that time was up to 40 years old. It was only 40 years old. But due to sickness, disease, lack of medicine, lack of care, the typical age during the time of Jesus was 28 years old. So here's a man who's been invalid for 38 years, was living on borrowed time. He had lived past everybody's expectations. So what does that mean for you today? It means it's never too late. It means God is right around the corner. It doesn't matter how bad the diagnosis is. It doesn't matter how long you've had the handicap. God wants to heal you. He wants to touch your life. It's never to be too late to be who you might have been. It's never too late to ask for the miracle. You know, Jesus, he didn't arrive on the scene and said, let me find somebody who's just been sick. Let me find somebody who just got here. Let me find a youngster. Let me find somebody who just, just had an issue. He walked around and said, 38 years, that's perfect. That's perfect because it can be unexplainable. It's perfect because it's never too late. I want to encourage you today. If you're breathing, it means God's not done with you yet. You're not past your prime. You have a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. Keep asking, keep believing. Now do me a favor. If you're single in this place, proudly raise your hand. If you're single, single, raise your hand. Come on. Look around. This is what we got to work with. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. They're on this side for some reason. Come on, people. Put your hand down. And here's what I love. If you're single in this place, let me help you out as your pastor. Because everything we do is Bible. We believe in the Bible. So here's what it says, 100% of people that you do not ask out will not go out with you. Can I get a witness, somebody? Come on. Wow. I was in a recent poll. <laughs> Just kidding. How about this? Easter invite. Maybe when I pop this up, you said, yeah, I need to invite that person. Yeah, there's totally a person in my life. I need to invite them to Easter. There's somebody in your life that's close to you but far from God. And you're going, man, if they come, it'd be huge. Man, if I slipped in this, they'd be like, no. But I'm going to keep asking. But I want to encourage you that 100% of the people you do not invite to Easter will not come to Easter at Avenue Church. I'm going to take it one step further. God will not answer 100% of the prayers you don't pray. I believe God's omniscient. I'll be present. I believe he knows the need. But God is saying, please ask me. Let me do it. Let me do a work in your life. Let me do the impossible. Because we learned last week, prayer, an unanswered prayer is not failure. It's faith. The answer is all up to him. It's all up to God. And so we allow false hope to live off of false assumptions.
We allow false hope to live off false assumptions. Listen to me. The opposite of belief is not just belief, it's false belief. The opposite of belief is not just uh, unbelief, but it's false belief. We're believing in something that is not true. Did you know there's 183 questions recorded in the gospel? Jesus asked a lot of questions, but you know what? Every time Jesus asked a question, he's not looking for the answer. He knows it. He knows the answer. But the reason why he's asking a question is because he wants you to know if you know the answer. Are you believing the right thing? Or are you believing in a lie? And here's what John chapter 8 says. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he's speaking his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus himself is talking about Satan, the enemy. And here's the thing. He's asking questions also. He's in our life going, are you sure God wants to heal you? You see this in Genesis when he's a snake and God said, Adam and Eve, it is all good. I want you to have complete freedom, complete dominion. You are, you are in charge. You have a relationship with me. Adam and Eve walked with God, but a serpent showed up and said, are you sure he wants you to be completely free? So many of us, that's the unbelief that we're believing. You know what? I don't think God wants to heal me. You know what? I don't think I'm deserving of a miracle. You know what? I, I haven't been living right. You know what? I think God's too busy. I think God doesn't care. It's such a big world out there. You know what? I don't think God cares about me. I'm here to encourage you today. The devil has a good poker face, okay? There's somebody in my life, she has a terrible poker face. I'll go, babe, does this make me look good? Do I look fat in this? And she'll go, no. And she'll do the smile. I'm like, babe, come on, man. I know you're lying. <laughs> she'll ask me, Hun- babe, honey, does this make me look fat? I go, nope. And she goes, no. Like, no, it doesn't make me look fat. And I said, nope. It's a trick question. Come on, somebody. She reminded me of this. I was like, it's a test. She goes, well, what do you really think? I said, you're beautiful. I walk away. Come on, somebody. But the enemy, he's got a really good poker face. He wants to deceive you. He's the author of all lies. He's the father of lies. That he's in the garden and he's here in her life. But we have false belief regarding what God wants. We believe that God doesn't want to heal us. Maybe you believe miracles for back then. Maybe you believe I'm too busy. Maybe you believe God doesn't care. And here's the greatest handicap of the invalid man was not his physical, but it was his mental. The greatest handicap was he didn't even consider Christ as a source. So I'm going to write this down today. If you really are ready for a miracle, write this down. Number one, you can't do what you've always done. Okay, it's going to be good. I'm almost done, by the way. You can't do what you've always done. See, if you want God to do a new thing, you got to stop doing the same thing. You can't do what you've always done. Done. And let me encourage you today. That first step, it's hard. That first step, it's going to feel like it's the longest one. It's going to feel like it's the hardest one. But it's a step. That when you say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm going to take a step today. I'm going to give you my life. or I'm going to pray and believe for more of my life. I'm tired of being comfortable or mundane. And when you take that first hard, long step, it often comes after a giant leap. 
that God's going to do a miracle in your life. So I'm going to ask you today, do you really want to be made well? Do we really want to be made well? But I realize when Jesus said that question, he didn't say, hey, are you sure you want to be made well? What you know he's really asking is, do you want what's available to you? Do you want a miracle? Do you want to see God do the impossible? Do you want to see him do something so unexplainable? But he's there on the mat saying, no, 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 pastor, I'm good, you know. I, I, I'm here and I need someone else to move me. Do you want to be made well? Well, no, nobody moved me. Like nobody asked me to go to their small group. Nobody invited me to the presence of God. I'm just, I, 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 I just need to stay here. So many times God will say, hey, do you want to be made well? I do, but not if it's work. Not if I have to do something. Not if I have to move or believe. Because I did one time and I got hurt, so I'm not going to do it again. And I hear your heart. But we got to do something brand new. We got to say, God, enough is enough. I'm ready to see God do the impossible. I want, to hear, I want you to hear this. God, he doesn't enable, he heals. He heals. He doesn't say, oh my goodness, child, lay there. You've been there 38 years. Poof, let me make you a bigger bed. You know what I mean? Poof, let me get you something nicer. Poof, let me move you down closer to the water. God says, take your mat, get up and walk, because I got a plan and a purpose for your life for something greater. He doesn't enable, he heals, because that's his grace over his, our lives. But hear me out. You cannot help someone who doesn't want help, no matter how bad they need it. It's got to be personal. It's got to be, God, do a work in my life. But many times we avoid help or miracle because it's safe. The invalid man said, I like this. It's safe. I'm going to blame others. It's not my fault, but I'm going to stay where it's comfortable. So you can't keep doing the same thing. You can't keep going to the same place. You can't hang out with the same people if you want to be well. See, here's what I love about Jesus. He said, do you want to get well? This is what, you know what it is? It's tough love. Because some miracles are tough. God says, I'm going to lovingly give you grace and mercy, but let's talk about this. Here's a reason why. So some miracles are tough love. Some miracles take time. I don't like this one. Can I get an amen? I don't like hearing aids. I don't like all this that's going on in my life. Last service, I said, invalid. My wife texted me, she's an invalid. I said, oh, Sorry, babe. I want to encourage you today. Some miracles take extra effort. Some miracles take blood, sweat, and tears. Some miracles take a prayer closet. Some miracles take every Sunday going to the prayer team. But you know what? I'm hard of hearing. I'm deaf this year. Hard of hearing this year. We're hearing aids. All these different things. If God doesn't heal me, that's okay. I'm still going to follow after him. I'm still going to follow after him. But here's number two. Don't let what's wrong with you define you. Oh, we're having a good Sunday morning, aren't we? Don't let what's wrong with you define you. Now, maybe you're a preacher or a theologian in this place, and you say, oh, no, pastor, you should have flipped it around. It should have been like identity. Then you do something different. But I'm here to encourage you today. Sometimes we begin to realize who we are after we stepped out. 
But you say, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm going to do something different today. It's been 38 years. Think about that comfort level. 38 years. This is just what we do. This is how I do things. But 38 years, he got up and he took a step and said, maybe I am a child of God. Maybe I am saved and redeemed. You know what? God did it then. Maybe he could do it over here. Maybe God could resurrect my finances, my marriage, my relationships. Maybe he could heal my mind, my past, and Jesus' name. I need a chair. I just sit out, right? But don't let what's wrong with you defy you, define you. You read through the Bible. I hate that it says there's an invalid man at the pool. I don't like that it says a woman with issue of blood. I don't like that it says a woman who committed adultery. I don't like that it says there was a blind man. I don't like that it says, you know what? This is what was wrong with them instead of naming them. But so many of us, we allow us to be nameless and defined by what's wrong with us. Let me encourage you today. Don't let anyone label you besides the one who made you. You're a God's masterpiece. He's got a plan for your life. You're a child of God. God has forgiven you. Therefore, you are, I'm forgiven. I am a child of God. I am saved and redeemed. You know what, church? That before I was formed in my mother's womb, God knew me. And when he knew me, he created me for good works beforehand. So when I got here on this planet in 1983, God had a plan for my life. He's got a plan for your life. Yes, I'm old. Come on, somebody. She was keeping me young. She was keeping me young. I believe this is setting people free today. Because you know what? Half of faith is learning what we don't know. Oh, wow. Okay, Pastor. I, I, I never knew God can do the impossible things. I never knew he could turn water to wine. He could heal somebody 20, 20 miles away. I never knew that he could say, get up, take your mat, and walk. I never knew he could set me free from depression, anxiety, worry, fear, diabetes, my broken marriage. I had no idea that that episode from my past, God took it away in Jesus' name. I had no idea. But half the faith is learning what we don't know. But you know what the other half is? It's unlearning what we think we know. It's unlearning what we think we know. Oh, pastor, that's from the, no. The Bible says, my Bible says, signs and wonders accompany those who believe. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, listen to me. Most miracles are a byproduct of long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. If you're here today and you're on the verge of quitting, of I don't want to ask anymore. It's been 38 years, 40 years, 50 years. It's been a month, a day, a week, and God hasn't done it. I'm here to tell you, keep asking. I'm here to tell you, keep believing. Because miracles will take place if we follow Jesus. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So you can't, you just got to take up your mat. And you got to walk. Here's point number three. Jesus said to him, to the invalid man, I want you to get up. Take your mat. I want you to walk. So my, my third point today is what's your mat? What is it? What's that area of comfort in your life? What's that area you're going, come on, oh, yes, God is good. He's amazing. But that's, what's, what's that area you're saying, don't, don't you dare? This is mine. 
This is my comfort, my security blanket. This is, this is me and only me. You do you, but I'm going to do me. Now, I want to believe God, but I want to stay here. And here's what I love about the Bible. Jesus said, get up. If I was Jesus, I'd be like, get up. You're healed. Woo! Come on, somebody. He can walk. I mean, think about 38 years of not being able to walk. Maybe you walk like a drunk one-year-old. You know what I'm talking about? Like, ah! Or maybe he walked right away, strengthened his legs. Maybe it was miraculous. I don't know. But he said, get up. He said, take your mat. And here's what I love about that part. When Jesus said, take your mat, he wasn't saying, take your comfort with you. When he said, get up, take your mat, he says, guess what? There ain't no going back. There's no spot saved. There's no, uh-oh, shotgun. Jesus is saying, you know what? Take your mat and get rid of it. You know what? Maybe somebody else can lie there, but that is not a plan B no more. How many know? Sometimes there's a plan A. When I got called to ministry and I said, guys, I told my family, I'm going to be a pastor. My, I had people in my family just say, that's great. You got a plan B? I said, what are you talking about? What? Will you, what? No. I said, you know what? I don't have a plan B because I don't plan on failing. Because it's God's plan for my life. He's given me a plan. He's given me a purpose, a hope, and a future. But this happens to so many of us. He said, get up, take your mat, and walk. I've even seen us. Maybe we'll get up. We'll take our mat. Woo! But then we wear it. We say, man, God, you are great. Man, God, you do miracles. Man, good morning, Avenue Church. I like the coffee here. Come on, right? I like this one worship song. I didn't like the first one. Maybe the second one's legit. Sorry. Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, if you just do that one Christian karaoke song, I like it better. God is good all the time, right? At the end, we go, ooh, I'm saved. Uh, right? You got to do an uh, right? I'm redeemed. Uh. I'm a child of God. Woo! Right? That was a good service. I'm going to take my comfort with me. I'm going to take my sin with me. I'm going to take my addiction with me. Listen to me. There's sin and there's addiction, but you know what can be addicting is your comfort. You might not go to hell because of it, but I'm surely to, to tell you, you won't see heaven on earth. I want to see miracles. I want to see God do something in my life. If you're Instagramming this, it might look a little weird that your pastor's wearing a yoga mat. <laughs> but it might be a little weird to God by saying, why are they holding on to that comfort? Yeah. That I must leave here so that a comforter can come, a counselor can come, a mighty spirit, the Holy Spirit. So we say, you know what, God, I take my mat. I'm going to get up today. I'm going to take my mat. I'm going to leave it at the altar. It belongs to you, God. I'm going to go to prayer team. I'm going to get set free today because you do miracles. So what's your mat? We need to pick up and get rid of it. What is your mat? What's your area of comfort? What's keeping you? From taking a step. What do you need to flush down the drain? Remove from your life? What do you need to shut down? What do you need to abstain from? What needs to be totally out of your home? 
What is it in your life that you're saying, I, I, you know what? I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to step into God's plan and purposes for my life. I'm going to get rid of uh, security. I'm going to get rid of comfort. Because God, your Bible says that all things are possible to those who believe. So will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray with you this morning. As you stand, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Prayer team, I want you to make your way forward to the front. But every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to pray two prayers this morning. Number done. I'm going to pray two prayers this morning. But maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, God did it again this morning. That there's been comfort in my life that's keeping me. There's addictions in my life that's keeping me. There are things in my life that I'm not giving to God. I got a plan B. I got my way. But today, I give all that up. With every head bowed, if I close, I want you to raise a hand. Nobody's looking around. But say, that's me. I got a map in my life. I got comfort in my life. But when I raise my hand, I'm acknowledging today that Jesus, I'm getting up. That Jesus, I'm removing that mat. Jesus, I'm going to walk into God's plans and purposes for my life. Go ahead, just raise a hand and put it right back down. There's a lot of hands this morning. Why? Because this word is for you today. It's an odd time word. Because God wants you to be well. He wants you to be set free. So I'm going to pray. But if you feel led, you can always step out and walk to the front and say, this is my mat. This is what I need prayer for. I leave it at the altar. The Bible says, confess to one another because God is graceful. God is humble. God is just. He will forgive you in Jesus' name. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for every single person that's in this place today. Father, I'm so grateful for your word, that your word says that that man, when he got up supernaturally, miraculously, when he took his mat, he began to walk in God's plans and God's purposes for his life. But I love God that it says instantly, right away, that when he walked in, he walked out different, that he was changed, he was redeemed in Jesus' name. So God, I pray for every hand that went up, every person who's going to come to the front, that God do it again. Father, heal them, set them free. But God, I pray as we throw our mat to the side, if we get rid of our comfort, that God, you're going to do a miracle in their life. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. There's one I'm going to ask. One more prayer. Maybe you're here today. I love this. God healed the invalid man. And he didn't even know God. But I want you to know God today. Am I going to ask you to join our church? I would love that. We would love for this place to be a place you can go home. A place where you can belong before you believe. Come here, this crazy guy. But God wants you to take a step. To say, will you take a step today? To say, when I walked in here, I had no purpose. I had no hope for my life. But I really feel like God wants me to take a step. Because God has a plan for your life. That God created you for something more. 
for something greater in your life. So every head bow, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to get my life to Jesus. Maybe it's recommitting my life. Maybe you knew him at one point. Or maybe you're here today and say, I, I don't know who Jesus is, but I want to start just a, a step, just a step today. The pastor, will you pray with me today? We're going to do it corporately together. Say, Pastor, will you pray with me today? Help me to take a step. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I won't embarrass you. I won't call you by name. I won't make you go anywhere. But this is a this is an honor for me today to lead you in a prayer to a loving, a loving and graceful God in heaven. If that is you, put a hand up. Put it right back down. Just so I know where you are. Put it up. Put it right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Put it right back down. Up and right back down. Anyone else? And say, Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me? Up over there. Yes. Up right back down. That's all I'm asking. Up and right back down. Come on, somebody. God is doing miracles today. So I want, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. We're all going to pray together. Then I want you to come forward for prayer. But let me all pray this out loud. Everybody, raise your voice. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, I give you my life. Say, today, I now know who I am. Come on, church. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Give God a shout. Give him a praise. Come on.